At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We stay the course. We are dead. We are all dead. We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. This whole thing is insane. This whole thing is insane. 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men with power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane. Man is even capable of nothing but destruction. Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy Heresies, and welcome to the Desert of the Real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is. It just is. Especially with the audio version of AB Live. This one, episode 67. Raw and censored and unfiltered. Just like the truth you've been looking for across all your existences. Supercharged by stellar audience participation. Actress, comedy content creator, and researcher... Johanna James materialize at the virtual Alexandria to take us on a spanning tour of primordial marvels. We discuss ancient Egyptian monuments, the veracity of Atlantis, and how advanced were archaic humans. You know we covered Gobekli Tepe, the flood, ancient tech, and other mysteries. Keep in mind, that our conversation at the beginning had to do with the YouTube intro, which is about two minutes, where I present some evocative mystic images, but then bring in Time Bandits, Peter Sellers' The Party, and some nipples for men from the movie Cable Guy. And full show for everyone, as Johanna could only do an hour, but we certainly look forward to our next conversation, as we discussed. Our next AB Live soon will be a memorable one, perhaps the most powerful one yet, as we honor a fallen Gnostic hero and take a journey with the Gnostic Divine Feminine. Stay tuned. I'll keep raising my game and bringing you that valuable content from amazing astral guests, I say, I say. 
Thank you, as always, to those of you who support this Red Pill Cafeteria. You are amazing, and your support, company, and feedback keep the Vallis Pink Beans on. We need Gnosis more than ever in this age of Hermes, Philip K. Dick world, and Gnostic times. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom or many of the guests and their unique insights anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. And let me remind you, if you hadn't heard about our first ever Aeon by conference, Astronosis. As an age ends for humanity, let us find together a new age by experiencing that intersection of Gnosticism and the stars. Astronosis is a three-day event of presentations and panels from the best minds in ufology, Gnosticism, and alternative history, as well as experiential discussions and rituals. This is the one chance we can all have in finally hanging out and enjoying many cool social events. Our astral speakers include Chris Knowles, Gordon White, Gigi Young, Lawrence Gallian, and others. Truly hope to see you there in the Cancun area at the end of March. Make sure you get your early bird tickets and hotel rooms while they last this month. Go to thegodabovegod.com for more info or just message me. Let us to our latest AB Live. And never forget to write your own gospel and live your own myth. After all, the empire never ended. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things. The hand that mocked them and the heart that fed, and on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. Nothing beside remains, round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. Welcome everybody to AV Live. And yes, I was wondering, I wonder what uh, Johanna's uh, expression will be at the end Look. of this magnificent <laughs> intro and that sort of twist I put at the end. That was epic. I feel like I was like, oh, we're about to watch a movie. This is great. Where's the popcorn? Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I get carried away with the intros, and suddenly <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna do a few seconds, and then suddenly I'm doing hours, and then I'm like, well, this is too cool. I need to put something absurd, and and of course, one of the themes of the show is uh, 
in the Gnostic way, it's sort of an absurd universe. Well, yes, we have 43 species of parrots, and men still have nipples, but there's also a lot of wonder in the universe, which is the theme of this show. So, yes, my name is Miguel Connor. I am your pompous of Gnosis, and with us, we are honored to have uh, Johanna James. How are you? Thank you for coming on. I'm great. Thank you for asking me. I'm still, I'm quite new to like the ancient mystery world. Um, so I'm just like really excited when, when people want me to join in. So thank you. <laughs> oh, pleasure is all ours. Yes, it is very exciting. And it's such a wonderful rabbit hole that you can never get tired of. You never stop learning. You never mm -hmm. stop eating crow. <laughs> you just keep sort of adjusting and it just, yeah. it never stops. There's no answer. Yeah, uh, I, I started in the in the lockdown, like the first lockdown in in England. Um, there wasn't anywhere to go, and I fell completely down the like ancient history mystery rabbit hole of YouTube. And I, I just, yeah, I just once once you jump in, you keep going down. You're right, and and then I started to make my own content, and it's great. Awesome. It's been a year yeah. now. <laughs> a year it seems you've been doing this forever you've got so many videos and uh very popular too i mean you must be surprised i i love it because people may say well this is some dry subject blah 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 but sometimes your videos get a hundred thousand views so that people yeah, are not at all. This. <laughs> yeah I, I just did it for um my own it was my own passion project and i just thought like oh i want to i want to reach out to people who want to talk about this as well so I thought oh there's a, probably a great community on YouTube that'll do this and it's it is like every time I bring up a subject I can dive in the comments and I get to I get to make contact with and meet people like yourself who I would have otherwise would never have crossed paths with so um that's the side of the internet that I love that we can all kind of meet mm -hmm. like-minded geeks and and geek out <laughs> yeah when the internet works and you're not cancel culture or projecting your shadow or trying yeah. to bring people down yes this is when the internet works it's a beautiful thing uh and with us too we've got the moondog vance vance how are things down there in atlantis Oh, they're pretty good. You know, we're swimming from ring to ring, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get to the center of things there. Yeah, well, with the the bottleneck, uh, with uh, deliveries and all that empty shelves, nobody's coming to help you, Vance. No, the traffic's yeah. horrible, you know. <laughs> I waved to Plato, though, uh, on my way <laughs> from one to the other, so. Awesome. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, those of you in the chat room out there filling up, uh, as always, if you have any questions for uh, Johanna, uh, write them in all caps, and uh, we will do our best to get to them. Uh, other than that, yes, of course, as always, this will be there will be an audio version in a couple of days, and this video, of course, will be available on YouTube, and I'll also put it up on Rockfin and a couple of other niche places for you. Um, so, Johanna, you said that. Um, hope I'm not missing something. You said that it was the the lockdown that made you to create this content, but have you always been interested in this sort of uh, alternative history or ancient history? Always loved history, um, like since school. And it was around, it was maybe two years ago, I found uh, just on YouTube, it suggested a video about Atlantis that Jimmy from Bright Insight did. And I remember seeing that and now it made me go... Oh, um, and I sort of watched, started to watch Jimmy's content, and and then it was yeah, really in the lockdown that I started to follow the YouTube suggestions, and um, 
in my like day-to-day job I, I I I make my own like video content um and I write comedy uh tv series um so i'm like a screenwriter and i had an idea for a like a a movie screenplay but that was set back in the younger dryas comet impact like around atlantis i was like i don't think there's ever been a movie about that Uh, it's quite a new theory and uh, so i started to write i wrote like 25 pages of this beginning of a screenplay and then i realized i'm gonna have to go to egypt to research this i'm gonna have to get on the ground i can't do this like remotely Mm-hmm. Um, and so I booked myself on a tour just on my own <laughs> and on 2020, I went off to Egypt and, um, I joined a tour that had, uh, Jimmy from Bright Insight on and, uh, Ben from Uncharted X. <laughs> so I, I met those guys and just learnt mind blown on the ground in Egypt, investigating, crawling all over the ancient sites and getting to see everything up close and understand it, um, and luckily I had, I had my camera rig with me and I got it all on, on video. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll make a vlog about this. And I ended up making nine. And that's sort of what started my channel rolling from then on. Yeah, those are great videos. I highly recommend the audience to check them out. And what uh, mind blown, I'm sure you must have, and of course you've mentioned this before, is how advanced humans are. Because unfortunately there's this trope that ancient man just sat around waiting for a thought to happen you know wheel and then you know 10 years later wheel or you know but the human brain as has been told me hasn't changed in the last 30 40,000 years and math engineering is out there so uh again you must have been impressed how advanced ancient man is and how we haven't caught up in a lot of ways yeah, there's so much stuff. I, I just sort of learned the rough outline of human history from school. And I guess they kind of just give you that, whatever that is, and then it's left at that. And then when I realized that, uh, well, the human humans have not changed biologically for the last 300,000 years, I was like, that's a bit weird. What were we doing for basically 300,000 years? And then suddenly, all at once, all over the world, we just suddenly knew mathematics, advanced mathematics, and we had agriculture suddenly, and we knew how to build things. And like, it was all like, hang on a minute. I think we're missing like a, a chapter of this book, like not just a page. Um, and yeah, something didn't feel right. And when I, yeah, the, the, the more you look, all of the, the holes that we have in our timeline currently, they can be answered if you look at it from more of a, like civilization human civilization being on a cycles and it goes back and back and and may if we stop thinking that we are the first and the best civilization that ever existed um it all of our like problems with the timeline that it actually gets solved so um yeah this i mean everything kind of feeds into everything else as well so i was just looking initially at ancient egypt but that does link to atlantis and then atlantis links to the younger dryas and it also you can kind of keep rolling around in circles and and atlantis can also link to south america and yeah it's crazy it is but it's yeah a wonderful labyrinth and it seems in your research one of the central themes is what you call a cataclysmic cycle and Mm -hmm. could you explain what that is and how the last one or the one what uh 13,000 years ago during an ice age really kind of explained so much yeah so um we've all 
we've all heard of the Atlantis <laughs> uh, and well, the, the kind of the, the drama, the Hollywood story of it. But um, Plato's texts say that this island, this civilization got destroyed in a day and a night, which sounds again, super Hollywood, but the uh, science. Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, very Michael Bay. Um, when you look at like the geology and this, what scientists are discovering is that, yeah, 13,000 years ago, there was a huge like cataclysmic event globally and it aligned date-wise exactly with the time that Plato said Atlantis was destroyed. And obviously this is a time when in our timeline, nothing was supposed to, no civilization was supposed to exist back then. But there is, there's emerging evidence for it. But yeah, the, the Younger Dryas uh, was, a, was a comet that, well, not a whole comet, like shards of a comet that hit the North Atlantic ice sheet because back then it was an ice age. Everything was kind of covered in ice, North America upwards. And this comet would have instantly hit, obliterated the ice sheet. Thousands of megatons of water would have been shot in all directions in the earth in a huge tsunami, literally ripping up the bed of the earth and destroying everything. Um, and I think that this cataclysm, like the echoes of it, you can see it in all of human memory. In all the earliest texts, they all talk about a deluge, a cataclysm. Mm. And I think it's a bit crazy that we all, we, we palm every single one of these hundreds of ancient texts, we palm it off as like story and myth. And I, I no smoke without fire. I think everybody's remembering this completely, you know, the, the day that the earth nearly died. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, I love how the pieces of your puzzle keep coming together as you do your research. For example, in one video, you're talking about Gobek. Go I always mispronounce Gobekli blah, 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 Tekki. Yeah, yeah. George Takai. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, but uh, obviously, I'm interested. I've read a lot about it because it really fills in a lot of blanks. I think it's one of the greatest discoveries in the last hundred years about civilization, mythology, and so much. But as you pointed out, the go the Gobeki Tepe got buried at a certain point. Yes. And this aligns exactly. It's oh. like some guy was sitting around going, Oh my god, there's meteorites. Get the bulldozers. Let's bury this and yeah. So if anyone uh, like doesn't know, Gobekli Tepe is a site in 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 Turkey, and it's one of many sites that's being unearthed in in Turkey. I think Turkey's going to be like the smoking gun of ancient history of changing the timeline of human history, because before they said that there was literally no possible way that there was any kind of civilization human-wise before like six, seven thousand BC, and then they discovered this ancient temple site, Gobekli Tepe in Turkey, and it was buried like a time capsule since at least twelve thousand years ago, uh, nine hundred, nine thousand five hundred BC. It was deliberately covered up with earth and dirt to preserve and save it for no reason. They don't know why. Um, so it's just been perfectly preserved but because it's been preserved it's one of the only sites in the world that they could carbon date so they've got scientific data that dates it to at least twelve thousand years ago and the uh, that this site is phenomenal they've got megalithic pillars that it's been ornately carved um uh, the imagery on the pillars uh, can relate to constellations so it's really like annoying for the scientists because we've proved that before 7,000 BC, there was serious advanced technology going on. And uh, I highly doubt 
that just random hunter gatherers would have been able to make this place and all the other sites that were going on. And they keep getting older. The other sites in, in uh, there's another site that's just been dated to like another thousand plus years older than Gobekli. It's very exciting. It's all just coming out in the last sort of 10, 20 years. So um, yeah, I really think that the, like literally the, the, the history books and the school books are going to have to be rewritten because of these sites, because it keeps pushing human history back and back and back. And, yeah. uh, and it's getting more and more, advanced um so, and yeah and that date that date that 9500 9600 bc that date that the that the comet hit the the world the date that that's the date that atlantis was supposedly falling that's the date that they covered gobekli tepe like there was stuff going on uh in the world that year that was probably i think if there was a date that you would not want to go back to in a time machine don't go back <laughs> to 9600 bc because it'd be awful <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, and I, what I love about uh, Gobekli Tepe, especially when I, for example, I don't know if you've read uh, Gordon White's Starships, but it's he really goes deep into so many angles. But one of them is the idea that it's likely, we think of civilization, it starts with farms, farms, and then you build huts, and then, then you build the universities, and then you build the churches. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how we think. But the truth is that there, it started out with the, the church or the tower. The in other words, and, human yeah. beings had to be inspired or get communication from the stars or whatever you want to, or get alien con, whatever you want to call it, I'm not saying, and then civilization comes out. In other words, we have to be inspired. And as you, you yourself have said, we have to get this information from somewhere. Maybe it's our imagination. Maybe it's the Nephilim or Prometheus or mm -hmm. uh, the Dogon tribe thinks it's the star man. It doesn't matter, but that's how civilization starts. I think that really is a game changer because again we think we're sort of mechanical people that sort of maslow we kind of work our way up mm. i find it really interesting when i found out that every single ancient civilization in the world nobody claims that they invented anything mm. and that blows my mind i was like what every no matter where you are in the world um, literally every single corner of the world they all in the ancient texts say that they were taught nobody has the like nobody has the humbleness to be like oh yeah I, I made up maths actually they all say <laughs> that they were taught by an external person people different what names for them um and i was like hang on a minute like that's more than a coincidence it's more than a coincidence that people in over in china in india in the middle east in south america australia everywhere said that they were taught um i think we should be listening to that okay who taught them then you've got a couple of options you got aliens you've got like celestial angel beings yeah. you have uh survivors from a previous civilization you've got uh other subspecies of humans that we have yet to discover because we keep finding more and more subspecies of humans that were around back in like hundreds of thousand years ago that we don't have today um they people used to think it was just sort of <laughs> monkeys neanderthals humans and it's the whole map is complete there's, there's now i think there's like 42 I want to say, um, like subspecies of humans. And they were, they were all, well, some of them were overlapping when they were around. They were also breeding together. Like uh, modern day Homo sapiens were doing it with the Neanderthals, with the Densanovans, the, the Dragon Man. As, there's a new one called the Dragon Man. It's got a very cool name. Um, mm. Found in China. They found a whole skull down a well in China and they dated it 
it's like a hundred two nearly two hundred thousand years old but it's a completely different human than they've ever seen before um so there are your kind of options for who are these people that taught the ancient civilizations all their stuff and my money tends to land on survivors from a previous civilization Mm -hmm. i think that's probably the most logical one um but i'm open to all of them i'm open to aliens they could have come down and you know it could have been other beings from other with this huge universe who knows who's for me to say but um i really think if if there was a civilization cycle before ours and it did get destroyed in this deluge if there were a couple of people that survived um like today if today right now tomorrow tomorrow there was a comet and it hit the exact same place and everything was destroyed or everything was gone internets cars society everything and the few people that were left the only people really that would survive would be the the hunter gatherers that are still around today mm-hmm. so, so anyone would probably go and make your way to the amazon and you try and join the tribes who can mm-hmm. live sustainably without technology and you'd be like hey can you teach me how to stay alive and what to eat and in return i'm going to teach you about a thing called electricity and you would seem like a complete god you'd be coming in and being like this is an iphone you know and and i think that you would yeah you would be seen as these ancient gods you'd go down in history as the man who arrived with fried chicken or something like it would be it would be um and so i can see how that would be because i think there was a, a tribe in the the amazon jungle that in the 40s they would fly Plane, when planes started to be a thing, they would fly planes over and drop food parcels mm-hmm. to this Amazon tribe. And they recorded in their tribal history, they talked for generations about the flying gods that give them food. And that was just the language that they they could, they didn't know what it was, um, an airplane. They just saw it as a flying god. And that's interesting that that is a, a theme that's in a lot of ancient texts, especially in India. India seemed to have a lot of flying gods mm-hmm. um, from like, Nine thousand years ago, and um, I'm I'm wondering what is it that they saw? Was it a big bird? Was it a pl- some sort of flying device? I mean, you look at a basic plane, like the first model of a plane. It's basically just like wood, <laughs> a couple <laughs> of stacks of wood and a little little engine. It's quite basic, but um, I don't know. But 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 yeah, it, I just I I can't put that down. The idea that why do we ignore the fact? that the original storytellers tell us that we were taught something. Yeah, that's to be more than humility. Nobody's that humble. Yeah, <laughs> surely you'd be like, I did that. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I like your yeah. idea. Yeah, if there was a cataclysm and teach the hunter, get with our luck, it would be the only survivor. survivors would be Jeff Bezos and Nickelback or something <laughs> terrible like that. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to do. I realized I was like, I have no idea how to get fresh water when it doesn't come out of a tap. I have no idea what's safe to eat and what's not. I have like my survivals. I've actually, I, we think that we're really advanced as a human species, but actually we give everything that uh, we give every skill that we should have to a machine, to technology. I don't even know mm-hmm. how to, how to orienteer myself anywhere anymore. Like I just follow my GPS on my phone mm-hmm. I'm completely 100% reliant on the mothership of technology. And I was like, if that got removed, yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be bad. And uh, we were becoming more isolated in the last two years, more dependent on the whole online thing. So get out there and hunt, gather, 
Yes, get out there, crawl all over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I want to show the audience the the cool pictures you sent me so we can talk a little bit more about Atlanta's events. Do you have any questions you have or the audience has? Oh, yeah. There's quite a few questions that have racked up. Um, um, Just a couple because, again, we got to move here. Yeah, Stephen Jefferson uh, wants to know, what is your opinion of Edgar Cayce's view of Atlantis? Do you know about his yes. book on Atlantis? Yeah, um, so Edgar Cayce was the the guy that prophesied, and he said that there was the Hall of Records under the Sphinx. Right. Um, compelling stuff, because I think that they did do the, they did a, a ground penetrating like LIDAR scan in the 90s around the Sphinx, and that there was a cavity under the left paw, which was where Edgar said there would be. So, um, but I also think that he, I don't think he got everything a hundred percent. I'm quite wary of like people believing totally in mediums. I I tend to follow more the, um, the geologists and the scientists and they date things. And um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, I'm not going to completely rule Edgar Casey out. I think it's interesting that that the ground penetrating radar did spot something in the same place, and I'm like, oh, what's the mathematical probability of that yeah. being right? You know, if me saying I had a dream that there was something right there, and then there was, something. <laughs> um, but the the Hall of Records, uh, yeah, the um, I'd love to believe that the Hall of Records was was oh. under the Sphinx. Um, I don't know whether it would have was moved to it the uh library of alexandria um and then unfortunately that got destroyed um be ironic but um but yeah i haven't read edgar's book i've only like briefly researched him so i I i'm not like the best (laughs) um person but i i i'd like to think that he was right that would be cool okay uh occult fan wants to know um do you know about the work of Dark Journalist and his work on the hot zone at Atlantis? The hot, no. The hot zone. No, I do not. So I'll have to be Googling that. Okay. Um, let's see. Got another one. Um, what do you think about Randall Carson? Lori Johnson wants to know, speculating that the Eye of Africa, the Rechat structure, was the main capital of the Kingdom of Atlantis that got washed away during the Younger Dryas. Uh well, Randall Carson doesn't think that. Um, Randall Carson thinks oh. that that the capital was in the Azores, and it's, oh. it's um, Jimmy from Bright Insight that that he was the one that put the theory for the um, for the uh, the the, uh, the Rickard structure. I was leaning towards Jimmy's um, because I thought it was possible, um, but then when I looked into Randall Carson's like thorough thorough research. I now personally think that the capital was in the Azores. Um, not to say that the Rickat structure wasn't part of the kingdom of Atlantis, but I, I don't think it was the one that went under in a day and a night. Okay. You know, um, there have been legends about um, uh, Atlanteans and magic and their ability to control matter through crystals and so forth. Are you familiar with the, the crystal stuff? I think that might have been part of Casey's uh, reading. Yes. Um, I, I, well, it's in, there's so much uh, like mythology has been added to Atlantis, especially by Hollywood and things like that. But when you go back to the original source, which is Plato and the Egyptians, um, all that is said about them that 
is that they were advanced, but only in the way that they had a military, they had uh, agriculture, they had a priesthood, they had religion, they had shops, markets, um, a huge seafaring culture. Um, There was nothing about kind of... um, high technology there, there there was there was nothing about um flying car like people seem to go atlantis and they think of the disney movie and go oh there was flying cars and things <laughs> um, Fox, yeah yeah and i'm like i mean great movie love it but the original texts literally just say that they were a you know a successful peaceful um civilization at a time where we thought there was only hunter gatherers and it's all within the the it's all within the perimeter of feasibility like it's nothing it's nothing no technology that we don't have or couldn't work out today um i do think however though i think that the previous civilization had technology or and 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 knowledge different to so we've branched out and we've developed um civilization through technology and we've gone like through the digital mechanical machine technology so we think we're great because we've again we've we've gifted a lot of our skills into a technology like a mechanical one and like the industrial revolution and everything. Whereas I think the previous civilization were probably more advanced in, in ways that were way more connected to the, the earth, the solar system. And so to us, it might seem a bit woo woo and crystally and a bit like magic to use the word. But I think that there is probably quantum physics that they understood that we don't because we've, we've just not developed that technology. So I do think that they probably had ways to, Manip- they must have had ways to manipulate stone that we can't understand that the ancient sites that show huge megalithic like 120 ton statues cut from one piece of rock like this is stuff that we cannot replicate with our machines today so how did they do it um so they must have had a way they must have had technology using things uh, in their like spectrum of technology, so I try and see it like that. Like it's not like we we can't compete. Who's who's got more higher tech? It's just right. different tech. And I think they would have known. They knew more about astrology, and and than we would, or um, ley lines and Earth's gravitational energies, and maybe they could probably channel and use energies that we would not be be able to do today. Um, I think there are little like uh, echoes of the skills that they perhaps could harness. So if you've ever had that coincidence thing where you're, where you're thinking of someone and you're like, Oh gosh, I'm not sure if my mom's all right. I feel like my mom isn't all right. And then your mom calls mm. and something's wrong. And you're like, Oh, I, I knew that. And it happens all the time to millions of people. And we palm it off as that's weird anyway. And I think that was an, it's an echo probably to back when we, we're able to be a bit more, we could use parts of the brain. We would have channels of, of connection um, in the same way that we're connecting right now through the channel of a digital and we can talk to each other. I imagine that it's possible that previously people had a way to connect um, via some other channel. Um, and they had like skills that would, you. Uh, we have them today. You have, um, you have skills that you can sense danger before something dangerous mm-hmm. like a gut instinct and we just go oh i had a gut instinct that something wasn't right and i think there's way more science that's going on there that we don't even really understand so i imagine people would and then it comes it comes around as going people having maybe prophecy or or things like that um 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yeah. yeah, but so that's, can... nat- that's yeah. It's natural. The power of the psyche, as some have said, animals can find sense a tsunami or an earthquake happening hours before. You know, yes, it's, it's instincts, and it's we call it telepathy or woo woo, but it's actually probably our natural state of being to be connected to the network of the world, yeah, beyond time and space. So. If you're connected, if you're connected, if you're grounding yourself and connecting to all these energies, like we just don't understand what that technology could have brought about to us. It would seem like magic in the same way as if we showed an ancient Egyptian a laptop, mm. they'd be like, <laughs> so um, I can, appre- yeah, I can appreciate it. Yeah, indeed. Uh, um, and did you, when you were in Egypt, did you have any, it must have been such an amazing experience. Did you have any cool dreams or mystical experiences or visions that, or just, it just changed your psyche or who you were? Um, we, I, we hit the ground running in Egypt and we saw, we crawled, we went all over, we went up literally up and down the Nile, seeing all the sites. And I, it was like, it was a physical feat. These these uh, temple sites are huge. They go for miles and miles. And mm-hmm. crawling into a pyramid, I was warned before I went in, they said they've seen athletes have struggle doing this. The, you're mm. crawling. Um, the, the entrance to the pyramid are about three foot by three foot. And you're going down this shaft at vertical angle, like kind of like this. And sometimes you're going for 90 foot, 100 foot, and then you're crawling up another. It is physical. So um, I was so exhausted. <laughs> and so like just trying to like <laughs> climb up and scramble under and over, over all these things um, that I didn't have a lot of time to be really play kind of- Yes, and meditate in any of the sites. But I am going back this year, and I definitely want to go back and look at a at, at a way more spiritual version of it, rather than just like you know, kind of hunting around for ancient tech. Um, but there were some there were some woo woo interesting things that were happening. So especially at Karnak, um, all of the trees, spe- only in the in the ancient temple site, all of the trees don't grow up. They grow sideways. Mm. There's something going on, and they don't, it happens at a lot of the sites in Egypt, and I, I did film them. The trees, for some reason, don't grow up. They just grow along the ground. Um, 
and I don't know, some sort of some sort of energy pull things happening there that's making the trees not grow up. Um, and um, we did go to this one site, which was, um, it's not open to the public, it's at Abu Siya, and it's this huge crystal. It looks like a kind of, it. <laughs> that you look at it and you go, I think someone was sacrificed on that. It looks like an altar. Um, a huge white crystal altar in this amazing circular shape, and it's all cut out. It's they don't know how they shaped this this stone um and we were told that this was um yeah if you if you meditated here and if you took uh blue lotus which was like the egyptian psychedelic mm-hmm. thousands of people have come there to take blue lotus and and that's where you get lots of like connection and vision and things um we laid down on it but we didn't take any blue lotus i'm afraid so i've got nothing to report um <laughs> But the the guy who lived in Egypt said that like that's what they do and they have a great time when they do it. So, oh, so you don't have to take any next time. You don't have to sneak in any mushrooms or ayahuasca. You can just just take some blue lotus wine. They put it in wine over in Egypt. It's great. So you can just have some blue lotus you'll wine. Be, you'll be seeing Brendan Fraser before no time <laughs> when he was young. <laughs> um, and but but there was one I can say not for myself, but um. Uh, someone who was on our trip um, did take psychedelics when we were on the Giza Plateau in the daytime and I was interviewing him as we were walking around because I was really interested I was like what can you see what can you see like um and he just said that um he could see so on the uh the main pyramid they go up it's absolutely huge and he said he could see like he could see like energy shooting off the pyramid and I was like okay is it is it going out in which direction like what does it look like and he goes it's just sort of shooting straight upwards and i said is it coming out of the ground around just what stone he goes no just the stones that the pyramids are made of um the the surrounding plateau uh, which is made of granite he goes nothing's coming out of that it's just those stones Mm -hmm. and i found i just i was like okay that's what you see and then later our tour guide said that the um the stones that were picked in the pyramid were were uh, specifically conductive and the granite that is like lined around it is not so i was like that's mm. weird that the guy on psychedelics said he could he could see oh. energy coming out of so i th- i think i mean i don't know i just found it interesting that the two things correlated sort of science wise and then what what he saw wow that's awesome awesome yeah i can't wait for your other experiences uh you should stream it live no just kidding i know should i go take psychedelics <laughs> just from the Giza Plateau? Yeah, yeah go for broke <laughs> it's a science right. experiment that's what i'll say yeah 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 all right well why don't we look at the slides on more of atlantis the visuals you sent me we can go oh yes, through those. yes. let's see add to stream uh, can everybody see it yes so right, this is the Rickout structure. It's in West Africa. Um, it's in a country called Mauritania, which I'd never heard of before I found the Rickout structure. It's also called the Eye of the Sahara. It's like kind of as you the Sahara Desert sort of starts in West Africa. Um, it's a natural formation, but weirdly, it does have the kind of iconic. So it looks very similar between like your Atlantis um, background there. It, it has that sort of circular structure around it. There are a lot of things at this site which align with Plato's description of Atlantis. That's why it got so much interest. Um, and and I think that there there's lots of reasons why it could have been Atlantis, and then there's a couple of reasons which is. Mm-hmm 
which is like puts it in doubt um one of the, the main reason being that it is really quite high above sea level and so it means that 13,000 years ago the west africa must have it would have had to have been a lot lower um like 1000 something feet lower um which is a, extremely unlikely uh, that it was ever that low um but it's an interesting site. And one of my friends called uh, Josh, he had a YouTube channel and he actually got, he, well, he got his YouTube channel deleted because he, he, he's, um, he, he puts loads of uh, stuff up on YouTube that um, they weren't happy with. Like um, he's a whistleblower. There we are. But he, he actually went to, to Mauritania and he went to this site himself. And cause it's extremely inaccessible and remote he said he nearly died getting to the site but when he got there and he he vlogged he said that all of the white area that's around that it's all salt it's all um like thick layers of salt over the top of it which um and you can see as well for if you look on google maps over the if you pulled out of this all of west africa has um geological signs of a huge deluge like sweeping over it mm -hmm. um it's got the um it's got you can see like the ripples in in the um the land where it's had a huge sort of tsunami across it at some point in history and and also around there there's been um seashell there's seashells everywhere in this area which again at some point was underwater um it has really unusual red black and white stone like natural stone and it's interesting that in plato he described that the buildings of atlantis were made of beautiful natural red black and white brick stones um so that's just again there's just so many things uh in the sort of plato's description that do fit this site it's interesting it's very interesting to read up on and it's up to people at home to decide whether or not they think it was but um i think i I wish we could take a site there. People always say to me, like, why don't you get some more YouTubers and why don't you all go down and do some digging? Um, it would cost, it costs about £10,000 just to get to the site because it there's no airports anywhere near. There's no um, infrastructure. The country's not very safe either. There's no infrastructure inside. Um, there's a lot of mine, like um, there's lots of bombs and minefields that mm -hmm. are still active around it. So even just driving to it, you're at like crazy risk of death. And um, it would, I think it would, yeah, it would, we'd need hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that trip safely and legally and annoyingly. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. I think you said your friend was eating leaves. He ran out of food. He was eating. Yes. He, he nearly, he did nearly die. He, um, he had, he was eating bugs and leaves with vinegar on, um, uh there was uh yeah there's no there's no shops there's no there's no restaurants there's no food there's no food and it's a it's now all saharan desert but um five thousand years ago not so uh previous to that the sahara was lush jungle with rivers and mm -hmm. it would have been a completely different place back then wow all right. Uh, what does it? What about this slide? Ah, so this is um. So this is the sort of chunk of the world that I think that the Atlantean Empire was most in. So people think of Atlantis, they think it was just one island or one city. Atlantis was the capital city. What's the Greek name for it? it could have been called anything, but um, Atlantis was the capital city of one of ten kingdoms of of like Atlantica. So 
it's huge and it says that they were on islands but they were also on peninsulas and other places so i think that this uh sort of slice of pie in the world is where um the atlantean 10 10 kingdoms or the whole empire was which means that you can have because there's a really good arguments for morocco northern africa the um the western sahara southern spain the azores uh all of these places have a good arguments and i say why not all of them like they could have all been the kingdom the different kingdoms um but yes that's that's sort of the slice when people say where's atlantis i'm like i think it's there <laughs> all in there <laughs> there you go okay now this uh going back to the uh, the rickout structure um or the rishat structure it's a different way to say it uh <laughs> In the 1960s, 1963, I think, or 1965, uh, the American government um, ordered a classified um, project where, called Project Magnet, where they were going around the world and they were um, recording data on sites of um, interest for them, which had high electromagnetic energy. Um, and this was a completely classified project, I think, until a couple of years ago. And then now the CIA, they're now, after so much time has gone by, they can now put it public. So this was, uh, yeah, Project Magnet. And this was kind of the flight path that they took around the world measuring. And it's really interesting because a lot of these sites are super ancient. Um, and one of the sites in the project was the the Rickat structure uh, in the Western Sahara, which is just super interesting. So that site has, well, must have some uh, geomagnetic anomalies there that the that the American government were interested in. And you also mentioned that ancient civilizations always built their cities in electromagnetic sites. Always, always, oh, yeah. they, they always. There's like natural ley lines of energy all over the globe, and not only did they know about them, they could locate them, they could harness them and they built all the sites on in fact most ancient sites like kind of sort of more modern ancient sites are built normally on top of an even older ancient site and i think if you kept digging that there'll be temples on top of temples on top of there's a um a site in egypt where there is an ancient temple and then when they the temple is in a bit of a weird shape and it, why because it they were building on top of an even older Mm-hmm. ancient temple the assyrian um which had the assyrian has uh, links to a, a atlantis in the egyptian culture um so that was yeah temples on top of yeah, temple that makes sense that makes sense and then yeah there's a very there's a smart reason in fact you can almost draw a line across the world of all the ancient sites and they're on this specific ley line it's amazing if you get like a kind of circular globe you can go round and you can go from like in ancient peru you can go right the way through uh, africa into like the middle east and china and india and they, they're all kind of connected and i was like again what are the chances that all around the world the, the ancient humans they all knew to to like align themselves with this almost like global line it does look like someone's just gone around in a plane and gone here 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 and here and here please build your <laughs> yeah awesome Okay. And this is, yeah, so this is the flight path that the American Project Magnet did when they were recording all the data over um, over the Rishat structure, which is, again, what's what's really interesting. Yeah, one of the few things the CIA has done right. Oh, I'm going to get banned now. 
<laughs> oh no! Okay. <laughs> and this is you. You can go onto World like Flood Map, I think it's called. And um, if you um, raise the sea level uh, in the Western uh, in Sahara, this is the Rickat structure. And it, I just found it interesting that it does create an island that does have a uh, circular center in at which. Um, which faces to the sea and it has mountains to the north. Um, so it's one of those things where if the sea level was high enough, it fits, <laughs> it does fit. Um, it fits the, the narrative because all around that area of Western Sahara was, um, it was lush jungle, but it was also, there was huge rivers and things. Um, but yeah, the, the one problem is, is that this is, I think it's 1,200 feet above sea level currently so it would have to be and the sea level rose 400 feet i believe after the younger driest comet impact which is why we lost almost all kind of coastal cities and things we had a huge like the ice caps melted and everything went whoop but we would still need to have that the, the whole of the western side of africa would have had to have been like an at least another 600 foot lower um which isn't what science tells us happened today however there has been um recordings of um so like in antarctica for example it's rising at a level of one inch one one inch per year i think is the rate it's rising quite fast um and there's um so that so if we went back uh 12,000 years that would that could be that's 12,000 i don't know what was it is it was it a foot a year can't remember. There, there's like a maths that says, okay, it would have to have been rising, or or there is other other sites in the world where volcanoes um, and other sort of seismic events underground have really gone, and it's just moved things like quite a significant amount. So, so it's not within the realms of like physics that it could have happened, but it's just we haven't got the evidence in the science to say that that did. So that's annoying. But interesting to go on flood map, have a play. You can find all different. Uh, <laughs> thing you can flood certain areas and see what shapes come up and interesting that it does look like it does look like atlantis to be fair mm. yeah this reminds me in one of your videos you also show that the we think of the plate tectonics as sort of bumping into each other but you say that it's been proven they'll go up and down yes. and it could have actually swallowed a, a city or and yeah when you think about 90 percent of the ocean is still undiscovered who knows what's down there right I think that I think it's unfair to categorically say that um, that, that Atlantis didn't exist because you. I don't think you have enough evidence to say that you, you. There's not enough evidence to say it did or didn't. So I don't think it's fair to say it didn't. But so here, this is why I shifted from thinking that the capital city was in West Africa because of that problem with the land having to be like mm. really high, uh, whereas the Azores not so. And Randall Carlson does, he does a great kind of like, I think it's 10 episode series on all of the scientific uh, information about this. Um, but this is, so this is in the middle of the Atlantic ocean. You've got America on one side, you've got um, sort of Spain and, and Europe on, and Northern Africa there. And the, the Azores are really unique because they literally sit on top of a trifecta of seismic plates. And there is a really unusual, very weak spot in the world because it has three tectonic plates that meet in like that kind of shape. And they have gone down 
to the bottom because that's now the bottom of the Azores there is now 3,000 feet below. But um, they've gone down and they've taken um, samples in the, the around the sort of it was between the 30s to the 60s. Different people have gone down and they found that there is um, continental uh, like stone, like continental crust um, that can only have been formed above the water is now at the bottom. So they were saying at some point in time um, within the I think it's the Pleistocene era, which is in the last between the last ten thousand and a hundred thousand years, the bottom of the Azores was at the top. So it, it, it's there is science to say. There's also like um, ancient uh, uh, pre uh, pre ancient sand down there, which again it's in the bang in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and sand is on a shoreline. So what's the sand doing down there? And they dated the sand, and again the sand is uh, is prehistoric and it's a it's like over twelve thousand years old. Um, so just very interesting that there is um and this huge as you can see like even just this looks like a it looks like an island doesn't it um and there are these great mounts the atlantis sea mount the plato sea mount um i think they changed the n name of one of the sea mounts i i'm not sure if they changed the atlantis sea mount i might have been making that up let's let's <laughs> roll, let's roll that but um but yeah so i i personally think i agree with randall and i think that that if the I the island that disappeared, if there was going to be a huge seismic event and this thing kind of went, I think it's going to be at the weakest spot of the Atlantic Ocean, right bang on top of it, the Azores. Very cool. <clears throat> Very cool. Yeah, mind-blowing. So much there. Vance, any questions from you or the audience? Oh, we're uh, just overflowing with questions, and I'm not sure which ones to pick. Um, how about, um, uh, do you think there's any possibility that um, Atlantis, uh, part of the uh, part of Atlantis could have been in the Appalachians and the United States? Mm, well, the, Plato talks about, um, he talks about leaving the Straits of Gibraltar um, in the West, and it says you hit... Uh, he says you hit the islands then you hit the capital and then he talks about moving on to the continent so uh, i i think that the atlanteans knew about like the americas America. was the, was the continent um and and so i i don't know whether it was part of their empire or not i mean like could have colonized so so to speak yeah i mean there, but there was so, yeah. there's so much especially in um, Southern America, because Northern America at this time was completely covered with ice. So that wasn't, mm -hmm. that wouldn't have been anything, but definitely around the Southern part um, and the Caribbean and things. Um, I think there's a lot under the Caribbean sea because that that's something that's rose 400 foot and uh, anything uh, that would have been on, if pull the Caribbean down 400 foot. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a whole potential pyramid complex off the coast of Cuba. They discovered it in 1999, no, maybe yes. 2001, um, and it got announced. It got announced on the BBC, and then a few days later, they took it off the website, and the whole project just went dark. It's like yeah, the really Cubans weird. kind of suppress it, right? There was a submarine, and uh, I remember Art Bell and Linda Moulton Howe reporting on it. Yeah, back, it's, back um, so I think that I think that whatever culture was going on around. Southern America and the Caribbean. I think it just sort of carried on through, and then you would have had that middle place in the middle of the Atlantic, like the main stopping port, and then it would you would have gone off and 
hit um, South Europe and North Africa. And I think they all would have been, if they're seafaring, I don't understand why they would yeah. have been swapping. And there's, um, oh, there's so much, there's so much stuff to this, but like there's, there's arguments that Australia, uh, ancient Australia and ancient Egypt had, had trade routes. Um, there are boomerangs that are in the Cairo museum, like full on <laughs> boomerangs. And the word for them in Egyptian translates to foreigner's weapon. Oh, so, oh wow. uh, again, they're just, they're just in the Cairo museum for everyone to see. And I was like, why is there a boomerang in the middle of the car? And, and there's, um, yeah. So I think that, and there's like, I'm not going to go into it now, but just Google the Gosford glyphs. Um, there is arguments that there's a, there's a site in uh, the bushlands in America. There's some ancient hieroglyphs there. And when you translate them, when they were translated, it tells the story of an ancient ship that they that got um, capsized and nearly everybody died. And so they buried everybody. And they, the, the hieroglyph is basically a memorial to them to say, even though we can't make it to the homeland, please, can you go to the, the next life? And... Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think it's possible that ancient people had trade routes that we don't know about. Yeah. Well. Oh, boy. So um, uh, um, T.R. Sanguins wants to know if you think the pyramids could be ancient super, superconductors gathering energy from the underneath, underground streams. I think that was more likely what they are. I mean, they definitely not tombs. They're just not. Yeah. I, no, I went. No. I went in them. I've crawled around in them, and for so many reasons, they're not tombs. One, there is it, they. It, they're not um, accessible. They're not. Uh, I've been to the to, the to Valley of the Kings, which is where the tombs for the pharaohs are, and they're super accessible. They've got uh, steps, really wide causeways. You can see where there would be a procession to bring the body. They're ornately and beautifully inscribed everywhere about the world and the life and the history of the pharaoh that died there. It's it's clearly a tomb. It's full of things as well, treasures, everything. The pyramids. Not a single original body has ever been found in any pyramid and there's over a hundred in egypt so surely like one would have a body and not an there's been found their bodies but they've not been original burials um there's nothing inscribed on them there's there's no um uh, there's no access to these pyramids they had to uh like blow open a side of the pyramid and then you're mm -hmm. crawling down a shaft that's three foot by three yeah. foot and i say how you so you build this huge monument to your pharaoh and then you're going to disgrace the body by having to drag it. And it would be like, <laughs> like it would, it would be the most inhumane way to ever bury someone. You would have to be pulling the body. It would be, it would be funny. It'd be like a weekend at Bernie's, honestly, trying to pull this pharaoh around. Um, yeah. And they also, the machine, they, they, they feel like a machine. When I went inside them, when I went inside the, the tombs of the Valley of the Temple, I was like, ooh, I feel like I've walked into someone's tomb. This is like bad energy. This is like, mm. ooh. Um, you don't feel like that in the, in the, it, it, you do feel, the Giza Plateau makes you feel buzzy and up. It's not like mm -hmm. a kind of dead energy. Whereas when you go down into the tombs, you feel like something's not right in here. Um, right. They feel like a machine. It feels like you're crawling around an old nuclear power plant. It feels like that. It's all pristine and geometric and it doesn't feel like a tomb and you really do have to crawl on your hands and knees and they've tried to make it accessible with like handrails and things but it honestly you have to be an athlete to kind of get up and down them um 
they were not tombs. And I think that the when you look at them from a science perspective and you look at like what they were made out, there's a reason why they dragged that much quartz filled. Grant the granite they used has up to 50% quartz content in the stone. So they I think they were functional, not just pretty, because they dragged this thousands of tons of granite from 500 miles away, like for a reason, not just because it was pretty, because it it did something. Um, and every single pyramid has uh, water, something to do with water. That's the secret. Ah. Incredible, um, yeah. Every single one. They say that they're oh, here is the processional, uh, the processional like table that comes down. Um, that's where they would have brought the king. I was like, what? They would have processed him down and then shoved him up in this like <laughs> no. Um, and there's pipe you can see around the Giza plateau and every pyramid that we look. There's um underneath where this like water table would have flowed into there's like circular um the, well the copper the pipes obviously eroded it's been thousands of years but the um the stone still has the like the pipe shapes mm-hmm. so they were moving water in and around the complexes of the pyramid and i think that for a reason um they were definitely conducting they were doing something with water and energy and stone 100 percent yeah, amazing. So much, so much there. Well, I think we're, we're getting it at the end. Uh, Johanna has to leave us. Uh, I'll stay for a little uh, house, house cleaning, whatever you call it, housekeeping, news, all that other stuff. If you guys have any general questions for Vance and I, let us know. But uh, before you go, Johanna, where can people find out more about you? And of course, I'll have it in the show notes. Yeah, I'm just I'm go. just Johanna James all over the internet. Um, yeah, I make videos chatting about all of this stuff because I just love it. I love talking about it and yeah, and um, being challenged on it as well. Um, I'm super open minded to you know uh, like throw more science at me, throw more mysteries at me. And um, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's been great. And again, for the audience, check out her channel. It's a blast. You're gonna have some fun. You're gonna learn a lot and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, well, we definitely. We appreciate you coming on and uh, I look forward to more of your content and hopefully you look forward to another chat. As yes, I'll definitely come back on. 100%. Right. We've got hours of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, we've guys. only scratched the surface. Well, thank you and uh, have a good uh, rest of your night over there in London. Thank you. London, over and out. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Awesome. Well, what did you think, Vince? Oh, she's very well informed. Um, I'm amazed for the short time she said she was studying this, how, how much she knows. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, in awe, awe of, of that. And, yeah, well, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, when you have a uh, passion for this or you go down the rabbit hole, it just never ends. Uh, so, But, yeah. Great guests and so much, so much to learn. Um, for the audience, uh, you guys, I really appreciate you being there. We're sorry we couldn't get to you all your questions, but such, oh, as, yeah. uh, such as Saturn and Kronos and their demands. Uh, for uh, the housekeeping, yeah, the usual, if you're looking for a voiceover, I'm here. Please support this show and all other alternative creators out there more than ever because we are getting closer to the truth. Even Johanna in her videos talks about uh, how a lot of this is still suppressed, like the Cuba. She gives other examples. And the Philippines, they found ancient archaeo or ancient archaeology that's my fault it's sort of redundant but they found these ancient buildings that it might be a hundred thousand years ago and the government is suppressing it so there are 
both in the orthodox religions and the scientists in the scientist community suppressing this stuff because they don't want to change their timeline. They don't want to change their grants. They don't want to print out more textbooks. So they don't want the religions to be affected. So uh, it's a fight on both sides, right, Vince? The Gnostic right. fight from both sides. Destroying the narrative is a um, no-no. <laughs> There's too much invested in it, the vested interests of the reigning narrative. Yeah, so we've got to keep getting this stuff out so uh, it doesn't get suppressed. Thank God we live in a time where, yeah, they might take out your your YouTube channel or whatever, but you can still put it on Rockfin Odyssey or one of those channels, and it can get out. So, um, yeah, sad. Uh, for the audience, two uh, great shows coming up the rest of the month, uh, still juggling. We will have uh, the leading Jungian in uh, Jungian authority, perhaps in the world, perhaps in history. J Dr. James Hollis will come on Finding Hermes. We'll be doing a show on Philip K. Dick and transhumanism. Uh, Gary Lockman is going to join us to talk about dreams and the power of dreams. So a lot of cool content coming up. And for those of you, as a reminder, um, here, don't forget about the, uh, speaking of pyramids and all that, the Astronosis Conference. And yes, there will be a pyramid tour, some stargazing and a lot of good stuff. Uh, just wanted to uh, share the screen here. Where is it? Do, 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 do. No blue, no blue lotus wine, though, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'd have okay. to, I'd have to do that. <laughs> I got to get me some of that. The land of the lotus eaters, except it makes you forget, right? Um, so here's the Astronosis <laughs> right. Conference, and speaking when it comes to archaeology, astrology, alternative history. Uh, it's going to be in Playa del Carmen. We got some good guests, uh, experts in the field like Chris Knowles, Gigi Young, Gordon White, Lawrence Gallian. Of course, when it comes to occultism, is an incredible voice and mind. Uh, well, then there's Vance and I. No, <laughs> <laughs> we were working on a couple other guests. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, March 20 to 22nd. I mean, Johanna, she knew that if she wanted to really understand, she had to travel to Egypt for these conferences or or to look at pyramids. Yeah, it's always so much better to be there and meet other people. It's just so mind-expanding. And uh, it's on, uh, please check it out. Right now, we do have the hotels are 15% off to the end of January at the Coco reef hotel which is kind of a resort it's you basically what you pay for a holiday inn you get this nice awesome luxury room so please check out the astronosis hope to see you guys on the spring equinox this year and let's just let it roll uh other than that uh any question you guys have any questions or are you guys just chatting over there in the room in the room yeah, you know, a lot of the questions were for our guests, so I, we can't uh, we can't answer those, obviously. Yeah. Oh, for the audience, I know Johanna does uh, what do you call it? Instant premieres. So when she puts out her videos, she's sometimes in the chat room if you want to ask her questions directly. So I usually sh I should do that with some of our shows, but um, yeah. Anything else? Let's see some quote. Can put many quotes. All right. 
Well, if nobody has any questions, I know we kind of just threw it at you. Johanna had to leave early because she's got things to do. Uh, we will definitely will then just wrap it up. I uh, appreciate everybody being here, Vance. I appreciate you being here and your questions and My hanging pleasure. out, hanging out in Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are amazing. Great questions as always. I uh, really appreciate your company. I appreciate your support. And uh, I will, we will continue giving you that game-changing gnosis with some cool guests, shows, and uh, other initiatives and features in 2022. So keep looking at the stars, or as both Plato and uh, Alistair Crowley said, you are a star. You just have to recognize it. Keep writing your own gospel and living your own myth. And thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Take care, everyone. Bye, everybody. Take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.